When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody, it's a special crossover event today here on the All City Network. It's the PHNX Coyotes and CHGO Blackhawks crossover show brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button on this video. Subscribe to both podcasts wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. I'm Leah here in Arizona with Petey and Craig, and in Chicago, we have Jay, Mario, and Greg. I don't, I was gonna say, welcome Hello. to the show, but it's both our shows. How are you guys doing on this Friday? We're doing good. Yeah, it's great to be with you. It's exciting. Hockey is right around the corner, and uh, we're excited, believe it or not. I just, I, I just want to make, make one <laughs> disclaimer before we get into the meat and potatoes. It is for the, our usual viewing audience, we have a jar here on our, our desk. Uh, it's a fine jar. We are not allowed to say the name of the former general manager. He is he who shall not be named. And anytime one of us says his actual name, we have to throw a dollar in the jar. We that. are waiving that rule for the crossover show because his name is going to come up and it could be very expensive and paydays not for another five days. <laughs> okay. So that rule is waived. So if you're in the chat and you're one of our CHGO regulars, we're allowed to say it just for the next hour. Yes. And as you guys know, I'm a Chicago native and on a previous podcast, and now on this one, I have uh, Mrs. O'Leary's cowbell, and I generally ring it when we talk about that guy that, <laughs> that you just mentioned. That doesn't the, get named. The man who shall not be named. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We gave oh, him the Voldemort we... treatment. He who shall not be named. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, we're really excited. It's so funny. Hockey's around the corner, and we're excited, except it's going to be a tough year for both the Coyotes and the Blackhawks, and we're here to... Uh, debate the overarching topic whose situation sucks more the Coyotes or the Blackhawks both in the beginnings of a rebuild both have on ice off ice issues um, but both maybe have some bright futures ahead so we're gonna take it one topic at a time take turns and in the end we'll uh we'll come to the conclusion hopefully maybe whose situation sucks more maybe we'll disagree um and let's start with the on ice situation so we got for the Coyotes I'll just read them quickly and and we'll dive deeper in for the Coyotes, the on-ice situation. It's an early stage rebuild. Goaltending is an issue. And it's a 5,000-seat arena with, you know, limited facilities as far as an NHL market goes. For the Blackhawks, goaltending could be the worst in the NHL. We'll see about that. <laughs> uh, zero scoring depth. Unknowns of first year head coach and inexperienced players. Blackhawks, I'll hand it over to you. You guys can start this one. Yeah, the goaltending tandem, uh, it wasn't great last year when Marc-Andre Fleury left, and I don't expect much of an improvement here. Uh, the Hawks took on Peter Morazic from the Leafs in exchange for a first-round pick, and you guys know in Phoenix when you uh, have to give up a pick to get rid of somebody, it's not a great situation uh, typically. Uh, look, Morazic might have a little bit better of a year than he did last year, but his backup, Alex Stalock, missed almost the entire season last year with myocarditis uh, uh, is a side effect from COVID. And when he did come back, he was bad. He played a preseason, uh, half a preseason game and looked terrible. Uh, there, there's a reason these two are the Hawks goalies. They're trying to lose. And uh, at the end of the season, we could look and say, this could be the worst tandem in the league. Yeah, <laughs> should, should I don't we, even know where he started. Honestly, I think it's an adorable take. Like, literally going to jump I, I really in. do. 450 games of experience on the yeah. Blackhawks. And the, the Coyotes have Karel Melka. And today, <laughs> just a few moments ago, they claimed Jonas Johansson. Who? Of, wait, exactly. Who? <laughs> no, more like why. <laughs> you want to talk about the worst goaltending tandem in the NHL, guys? I, seriously? Seriously? Career, Jonas hey, Johansson. Career save percentage of 0.88. That's just like that's a, like, <laughs> and he might be the better of the two. Oh, sorry. But, Go ahead, Craig. I mean, Vemelka showed something last year, but he's he's still very early in his NHL tenure. I'm not sure the backup situation is any more settled than it was before today dawned. And at least the two guys in Chicago have plenty of NHL experience. 
<laughs> well, I think with goaltending, we also have to worry about the players right in front of them. And I think the the new system that the Luke Richardson is implementing is going to be a lot different and hopefully a lot more successful. But it's largely the same defensive group that's coming back uh, for the Blackhawks. And in the last few seasons, uh, playing defense for Chicago has been... Um, Optional? Optional. It's been, it's been a, a choose-your-own-adventure uh, 82 games out of the season. So it might be improved, but it also might be just as bad as it was last season. And if that is the case, then, yeah, the goaltending issue becomes much worse. All right. Take it away with your second point. Okay. All righty. Well, last year this team was basically a one-line team. Patrick Kane, Dylan Strom, Alex DeBrinkett. Dylan Strom, Alex Dabrinkit, no longer in Chicago. They have been replaced with Andres Athanasiu and Max Domi. That, my friends, in this part of the country, we call a downgrade. Uh, that's what that is. And outside of that line, I'm sure Domi and Athanasiu will be fine with Patrick Kane. When you're playing with 88, your stats are going to go up. But after that line, there's really not a lot of scoring options. Jonathan Taves. I'm not holding my breath for another 20 goal season. Maybe uh, there's Lucas Reichel. He's kind of the, the wild card here. He's the top prospect. He's going to get a shot. He had a goal in the preseason game the other night in Detroit. He could be that guy, but if he's going to be good, he should probably be playing with Patrick Kane at some point too. Mm -hmm. If you want the best out of Lucas Reichel, put him with Patrick Kane from the start and let him stay there. So, Yes, we do still. Patrick Kane still a top 10 player in this league. After that, I don't know where the offense is going to come from. So Jay just talked about the goaltending. When a goal, when, when Marazic or Stalock has that good game where they only give up two, do the Blackhawks even have enough offense to score three to win those games? I just don't know where it's coming from on a night to night basis. And Greg, when you bring that up, and I, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news because you look at last year's points producers in Chicago. Like, it's not just Debrinkat and Strom that are gone. It's Hagel. It's Kubelik. Like, literally anybody can score is now gone. Pretty much. The two that are still left out of the top 10 in scoring are three, actually. Is Kane going to leave? Like, I, I don't know. Is that a, a later topic? Can we talk about Kane? Because you brought him up in scoring. Like, I think from us in Arizona, we go, oh, Patrick, he was electric last year. Like, nearly 100 points. But is he going to be there? Yeah, the... I think the problem with looking at depth scoring is that for basically a third of the season, your four top options in Athanasiu, Domi, Kane, and Taze all might be gone by March 3rd. So, wow. If that ends up being the case, you're talking about basically a, a month and a half of who the hell are these guys? Yeah. Because that's that's how the roster is going to be going to be set up, and I really don't know who could be the top scorer that, at that point. It might be Seth Jones. That last quarter of the season post trade deadline is where we're going to be able to make up a lot of ground on the coyotes and make it interesting <laughs> down the stretch. Cause anybody that produces a lick is going to get shipped right out of town as quickly as possible. Yeah, The important thing to keep in mind here is there are very few Blackhawks on this roster that you can envision being Blackhawks after even maybe next year, aside from Lucas Reichel and Seth and, Jones and Seth Jones. That's it. Like, there is no long-term commitment to anyone contract-wise aside from Jones. That's the one guy right now. Connor Murphy's got four years left, but he's a prime trade candidate for a team who's looking to upgrade at the deadline. If you can get a second-round pick for Connor Murphy with all of his back problems, you absolutely do that when you can. They're designed to suck. They're going to suck. And after the March 3rd deadline, it might not just be Kane and Taves and Domi and Athanasiu, it could also be Murphy. It could also be Mrazek. It could also be a number of people uh, left off this team. So it's going to be, <laughs> come the trade deadline, this is going to be basically Rockford in Chicago. Yeah, it's going to be a big gamble for any team that's buying is going to be like Chicago and Arizona. Let's go through their rosters. Like it's going to be, they're going to decimate both rosters at the trade deadline. Hopefully, like I know that's what we're hoping because our second point on the on ice situation is the early stage rebuild. And by that, we mean our roster. You talk about being offensively challenged. Oh my goodness. Like go <laughs> ahead. Depth? How about scoring? Yeah. Like <laughs> scoring depth, defensive depth. I, I, we, we get in three experienced defensemen and Nemeth um, Brown and who am I missing? I'm missing a third. Stetcher. 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 
no Norris candidates there. Nice guys, great in the locker room, and good veteran guys that can help these <laughs> nice young guys. guys get through the get through the rebuild. I, when you're looking at building a roster here in Arizona, you're looking for nice guys. That's great. That checks the first box. A couple of veterans that can help these young guys get through this mess that they're going through now. But there's a lot of who when you look through this roster in Arizona. And unfortunately, just like you guys, it's only going to get worse when you look at players like Chikrin won't survive it. And there are other players that are going to get picked away if right. they play well enough. Scott or Scott. Shane Gostisbehere. Nick Bukestead. Gostisbehere. Nick Ritchie. Yeah. Nick Ritchie. Yeah. And it's going to be the same thing you guys are going through, except we start with guys that 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 aren't Stanley Cup champions and have worn the red and black for a long time. So I... I I think we're in one here um, with the early stage rebuild. Who are the guys on the Coyotes that are on the NHL roster now that you could see, you know, still being there three, four years down the road? Yeah. Clayton Keller, uh, Nick Schmaltz because of his contract, but also because he started producing last season. Uh, Lawson Kraus is another one. Barrett Hayton. So those, those are a few of the guys, I guess the guys that I would call. Whatever yeah. there is of a core but, here. But just right remember now. that a year ago today we were saying that about Jacob Chikrin. So mm-hmm. anything can happen. Yeah. And and the other thing is the the good news for Coyote fans, I don't want to be that negative and being hard on the players. Their players are either in Bantams right now or in <laughs> they're, they're developing. Like it's, you know, it's Connor Geeky. It's it's who's ever in the draft next season or the year after that. It, they've got young talent. Gunther's coming. Um Logan, Logan Cooley. Cooley's yep. coming. So there is what we call here. It's just hope. We live on hope every day for the last 365 days. And it's going to start again. We just live on hope because we hope these guys actually become NHL players. Well, I'm just wondering how you guys are going to replace Phil Kessel. I mean, that was just a <laughs> that offensive output. <laughs> we were, we were heartbroken when he didn't sign here. We wanted him. I know you, I saw the, I saw the Twitter campaign for him. It was, it didn't work. I got, you know, the, all the, all the great hot dog stands in Chicago couldn't woo him away from Vegas, but uh, it is, (laughs) oh my God, can you imagine him as a sponsor of your hot dog stand in Chicago? It's a no brainer. Well, congrats on the nacho surplus you suddenly have. Seriously, uh, dude, sign him up. Unbelievable. Oh my gosh. Okay. We each have one more on ice point. I'll hand over to you guys. Yeah, so uh, the, the the third thing that w- you know we're really trying to figure out here, uh, we're getting a little bit of a sense of it now as as this season, uh, as this off season closes and we get into this season, is you know what to expect out of first year uh, official first year uh, general manager and Kyle Davidson and now uh, first year head coach Luke Richardson. Um, so far from from this group, um, we've we've had good reviews and and good uh, experiences with with Davidson and, and the kind of the direction he's taking the team, but it's really just still in those early stages. And so far, he hasn't given us much to really complain about. Um, I think the biggest complaint that we had was on draft day when we saw the the return for Alex DeBrinket, and it ended up being pretty underwhelming for what we were expecting it to mm-hmm. be. Um, but out of that, we got Kevin Korchinski in the, in the draft, who so far through training camp in the preseason looks pretty nice. Uh, so hopefully if he wins a Norris or two, we can forget about Alex Dabrinkit. You know, no pressure. Um, <laughs> and with Luke Richardson, all the indications that we've had from people we've talked to around the league and in Montreal specifically are, you know, positive reviews. Players want to play for him. Um, he has, you know, much more experience, both coaching and playing than the last uh, guy who was a head coach here. So I think it's it's positive in the direction that it's going, but it's also still just a lot of unknown uh, with how they're going to you know, run the organization, run the locker room. Um, all the talk has been great. Now we just got to see, see it in practice and it, having that unknown of what to expect, obviously early on in a rebuild, um, is, is something that it's just, uh, it's, it's not solid footing. So, and, and in Chicago, uh, in this market, if you're not on solid footing, you uh, you have a lot of questions to answer. So how how is Luke approaching that situation? You know, obviously, Andre Turigny had never coached in the NHL as a head coach anyway before. So in some ways, you just take the opportunity that you can get. But but knowing what's ahead for the Blackhawks, how is he viewing that? I think so far he's he's taken it in stride. Um, you know, it, the the questions obviously are there about you know this being a, a tank season, but. Um, from everything that he's basically been saying is that it's not really the approach of of tanking. He wants to win every game uh, that he coaches. 
Um, whether or not that's necessarily the uh, the direction of the organization is is another thing. But he's he's worried about you know trying to provide a a good locker room culture, a culture that is going to you know eventually uh, have a lot of winning behind it. Um, and he's he's really taken to the point of being part of the locker room, not having the separation between player uh, players and coaches just having that that uh cohesive unit where everyone kind of feels part of the same team i think that's a big thing that he's trying to uh trying to implement and we'll do i think we'll do a lot of good um but again it's it's his first opportunity and he's getting it with a with a roster that's not really built to compete he's literally participating in conditioning girls with the players he (laughs) joins one of the groups and skates laps with them and we talked to tyler johnson after practice today and he said, like, just the mood from everybody is so much better than it was a year ago already because the coach is not a complete moron. Um, <laughs> there's, also, there's also less. Uh, there's less drama less, happening, which we'll get to, of course. Off the ice as well. Um, yeah. But just the, the feeling is better. And we were talking about the two preseason games the Hawks have played, and they just look like normal games as opposed to the last few years where it's looked like a circus on ice where it just – you, you put your palms away. What the hell is going on out there? This doesn't even look like hockey. With Luke Richardson, if you followed his career, his system's going to be similar. No nonsense, you know, uh, clean breakouts, zone. For years, the Hawks have been playing this, like, man plus one thing that simply didn't work. It, now it's a more normal situation, and everybody feels better about it. But I think I'm def- we're, we're defeating our argument of how sucky the Hawks are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to shut up for a minute. I, I think <laughs> well, you know what, Jay, that's a good point. Like, it's something that Arizona's been through last year. We bring in Coach Turney. Before that, it was Rick Tockett. If Rick Tockett would have had a coach this team Oof. last year, uh, somebody would have got hurt. Yeah. Like, he would have been so angry. He would have exploded. He did, yeah, yeah, he, he, yeah. he would have exploded, or, or somebody would have gone through the cement wall. And I think the dip- Chicago now, if you can buy in, and it's, I don't think the fans are ready yet. I don't think guys like Kane and Taves are losing sucks. And we got, we're used to it now in Arizona. We, we've got this down. We know what this is all about. Chicago fans, even with that roster, you go, okay, there's still Seth Jones. There's still Kane. There's still Taves. Maybe we've got a chance. And you got a coach that's trying to win and builds a friendly atmosphere where guys like going to the rink. And then you start losing. And it it is absolute freaking misery. <laughs> no, but it's 82 games of it. So I'm curious yeah. to see if he can get them happy to come to the rink at game 62 on a Tuesday night against Columbus and that if he can do that, then he's working miracles with that franchise. All right. I think it's our, our last point here. Or did you want to say something? Sorry. No, I, I was just going to say one last point about Richardson. That's a plus for him. There's no pressure this season for any kind of results. He can just go in and start to build his culture and that's good for a first year guy. So there's no, there's no expectation to win. And that that's, yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah, that's exactly what Andre had last season, probably again this season, looking at the roster. But we're going to get to our last point, and maybe you've heard this before, but the Coyotes are going to be playing in a college arena. I don't know (laughs) if you guys are aware of this. (laughs) Yeah, true story. Seats 5,000 for uh, Arizona State, but it won't seat that many for the Coyotes. It'll be under 5,000. So we'll get to the off-ice issues in a moment, but let's just talk about the optics, aside from us, because it's going to be great for us. As media to be in a press box that's literally closer than even Nassau Coliseum is to the ice. Um, But the optics of putting NHL hockey in a college arena, some of the things that we've seen, obviously, already from having toured it, uh, the the visiting team, when they finally finish the annex where the team areas are going to be, the visiting team is going to walk past a concession stand. So... So, so maybe we can order a dog. You can pick up up a dog or some popcorn (laughs) on your way out. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Did you but, say the the visiting team has yes. to walk like through, through the fans concourse. to get on the yes. ice? Yeah, through, through, the through the concourse. I don't know if they're going to put up a barrier, but oh, the last time we were there, yeah. the, there was literally you walk. It's right twenty past the feet, stand. and it's by a concession stand. So if you want to get a little popcorn on the way out to the bench, buddy, money. Just bring oh, your thank wallet. Thank God, your Kessel's gone. Oh my! I know God. we the same thing. The game. So, aside from that, the team areas we've talked about at at that arena. They're going to be basically they're they're outside of it. They had to build an annex. They're going to have to walk outside. Yeah, to walk yeah. outside. Like outdoors. Their, yeah, which is like not a problem kids. most of the time well, in Arizona. Arizona. But you know, if there's a dust storm blowing or something, it, <laughs> yeah. it could be challenging. Um, but aside from that, just again, getting back to the optics. Imagine guys like Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid coming in and, and, and dealing with this. It's just not a great look for the NHL right now. But again, it was the only situation that they had. It was their only option in this market. 
and it's putting them on the road for 20 of 24 oh, there's that. to start yeah. the season. Yeah. To start, so and that, then that's go in the preseason, right? Seven road preseason yeah. games. So it's literally 27 of their first 31 games are on the road. And that's where it factors into the on ice too, because we saw what happened to the New York Islanders who were actually a playoff team before the season opened, I would argue, and they completely fell out of the gate. So this will only contribute to the Coyotes failing on the ice and how many how many years is that deal going to be for you guys to be in the arizona state arena it's at least three um oh. you know but they have to wait on you know you, you, we don't have any closure yet on the <laughs> we'll proposed arena down the road in tempe <laughs> yeah we'll get there in a minute but it's at least three there's an option for a fourth year and i i'm you look at they could, could keep extending it if they need to but I mean, if, if the Tempe it, deal doesn't come through, I don't know what comes after that. Um, and I don't know what the league's patience is with this it's like, situation. It's like playing games at Johnny's Ice House in Chicago. I mean, that's the same. Yeah. And it's basically, yeah. It is. It's 13 rows. Like It's, it's you, literally 13 You rows. won't believe how small it is until they actually walk in. It's 13 rows from the glass to the, the concourse level. 13 rows. That's it. That's, 20 that's streets, 13 rows. That's beautiful for college hockey. Unreal is, for uh, college hockey. Yeah, that's that's great for that. So it I really is a great college arena. I want to make that yeah, point very clear. It's incredible for ASU. I love the facility. It's yep. just yeah. NHL hockey. So let's so let's say there's a chance that things in the rebuild for Arizona, the 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 ongoing rebuild, go well. <laughs> Could there be playoff hockey in a five thousand less than five thousand seat arena? <laughs> in Arizona in three to four years? Yeah, the answer is yes. I mean, Connor Geeky, when Austin Matthews gets signed for that third year and he comes uh, in. You, you can only play in your hometowns. I, yeah, I, you I have to play in your course. hometown. And you're playing. I think the media credentials alone will fill the building. Yeah, I literally don't know what they're going to do. Like, it, it's a humongous. Well, you got to play your home playoff games on the road. I, maybe I don't know what they go do. to Vegas. I don't and know. Hopefully everything. I, I, don't, times know. Out I don't, don't think it's an issue in the next three yeah. seasons, but that fourth option here. To talk about though. Yeah we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll see about that. We'll see what happens. Okay. So that was our on ice issues. We're going to move into the off ice, but in a moment, but um, here on the PHX coyote show, once a week, we do a pick of the week on a line on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And normally I throw this over to our producer, Sean, but I found one that I thought would be a fun group effort. Um, so there's a line on DraftKings. <laughs> Who will have more regular season points, Chicago or Arizona, this season? Chicago is minus 125. The Coyotes are minus 105. They were plus as of last week. They've moved to minus. So I figured I'd just throw this out. Who are you taking? Over in these two teams, head-to-head? Head-to-head. You can you can out of your mind? That's Coyotes by 15 points. I'll take the so Coyotes by 20. By 15. Wow. By the, Coyotes might be lower than Chicago. By uh, The over-under for me is probably 10. Um, but Chicago beats this team by at so you, least so 10 So for points. this, you take Chicago because the question is who's going to have more points. Yeah, Chicago's okay. going to have more points than Coyotes by at least 10. At how least. Qu- how quickly you, you all forget that in the head-to-head last season when this Blackhawks team was supposed to go into the playoffs, they couldn't beat the Coyotes. <laughs> I tell you what, those deals had to head are tough. They beat the Avs two out of three, too. So, right. yeah, the, the Coyotes oh, are great against all the guys' city. name on the cup, too. You got the popcorn bowl going. Do you, do you agree, though, or are you taking Arizona? Uh, isn't this a spoiler alert? If we, uh, if yeah, we yes, it is a spoiler, just points, just points for this yeah, season, not overall, overall. Think, not the overall. I think we all agree the Blackhawks will end up with more points than okay. the Coyotes. Yeah. Yeah. My, but, heart, okay. my heart wants the Blackhawks to finish with fewer points, but my head says they won't. Okay, it all, fair you enough. Know, it, it all it all counts the same once it comes to lottery time, and I, I don't know. I, I feel like the uh, I, I'm not uh, I'm not a tinfoil hat person, but sometimes I am. Um, yeah, us too. I got I got to think if 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 it's one and two Arizona and Chicago, it's in that lottery time. I don't know if those ping pong balls will be in the favor of the Coyotes. Yeah. Let's just let's go let's, down that wait. road. She's got to finish her job. We can't go down there. <laughs> the My goodness. Okay, so, our, so our DraftKings pick of the week is in the head-to-head matchup, Chicago will finish with more points than the Coyotes on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. If you want to bet on that or anything else on DraftKings, you can do so. New customers can bet $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stuff up same game parlays right now for every leg you add you can boost your winnings up to 100 with payouts bigger than ever why bet on football anywhere else and to make things even sweeter you can throw down on stepped up same game parlays once per game day all season long 
I lost one yesterday and DraftKings gave me a free bet as a, sorry, you lost your thing. Sorry. Um, but it's simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code PHNX. That's promo code PHNX on DraftKings. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. And also here at PHNX, we have a beer partnership. PD is yeah, drinking. I am drinking. Like it's two hours later. There. Yeah, at least it's what? So it's, one, it's almost 2 p.m. there. It's, it's almost yeah. noon here. Yeah. Can we also flex a little bit that we just had University of Illinois legend Eddie Johnson in the office? So yeah, he's yeah, walking wanna, around. Just want to throw that out there. No okay. judgment on this panel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna grab another one while she does the PhD. Oh my god, you're Can literally gonna leave this out. Why don't you have Sean go Can, get it for you? Can I get another Rowler Red? <laughs> just yes, sir. <laughs> chaos that's produces your on this way too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can we, we one red ale. We'll, we'll send you a Can we get back to this lottery talk? For no, 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 she's got to finish. My working. goodness, <laughs> Jesus, quiet, please. Craig. There it is. Quiet, there please. Is your salary. Craig. Follow the rundown, uh, Craig. Let's follow go. The rundown, Craig. <laughs> goodness, let's go. Professional. We all right. Well, we have some pretty. Somebody cool... call an Uber for me. Jesus Christ. Quiet, please. We've got some pretty cool events in the works with our friends at Fort Peak. Stay tuned for more information. Must be twenty-one or older, and enjoy responsibly. Do you want to go down that path or do you am want I, to am follow? I free to now? Sure. Okay. sure. Will you a quick, a quick Let's talk note. about the lottery because I've thought about this very much. I'm pretty, pretty convinced that these are going to be the two teams at the bottom of the NHL standings. There are a few other teams that could be in the mix. Uh, Jan Yannick did Anaheim, uh, not probably not the Coyotes a favor, but Anaheim a favor. Trevor Zegers, they want to take yeah. by taking out Trevor Zegers the other yeah, day. They're still better. But Oops. if these two teams are there, we know what happened the last time the Blackhawks had this opportunity. They got Patrick Kane. And who did the Coyotes get? Kyle Turris. Who? Yeah. Uh, the Coyotes always end up number three in the lottery. Yeah. So my question to you is, with all that has happened off the ice, and this is a nice segue, too, for what's going to come ahead with the Blackhawks, what are the optics of the Blackhawks winning the lottery after all the mess that they just went through? I think the optics are you're you are immediately re-energizing one of the most important franchises in the league. And, and they the print money there. Franchise in the league. Just sweep yeah. that other thing under the rug. I, I hate to agree. Well, here's the thing, and what we're going to get to this here in a second, but everyone that had involvement with the Kyle Beach situation is gone, aside from Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, and new color commentator Patrick Sharp, uh, three players that were on that team. Um, we also know, all of us know, that sports fans move on from the ugliest things very, very easily. Because for a lot of people, sports is an escape, and they don't want to think about the unpleasant things, and the world is on fire, and it's just like one more thing to be miserable about. So uh, I think that people will quickly forget. Remember, we're still months away from the uh, from the draft happening even more time will have passed storylines will have changed. And I think that I think a few people will say, well, this sucks that the Hawks are being rewarded for tanking, but I don't know. I, I think honestly, for the most part, people will just move on and forget about it. Cause it's, it's sad. They shouldn't. I mean, people have done that with Patrick Kane's uh, yep. sorted past, right? No one talks about that at all anymore. So yep. people, people are just happy to move on. So I don't think it'll be an issue. I mean, and look, we're kind of joking that the lottery would be rigged, of course. Um, but <laughs> are we though? If, <laughs> if, the, if the NHL, but I mean, honestly, if you're the NHL, are we going to put Connor Bedard in a 5,000 seat arena with a team that has never committed to winning before? That is, we're going to put Austin Matthews there. We're going to put Sidney Crosby there. We're going to put Connor McDavid there. Every year the Cowboys have been last or second to last. The answer would be no. We're going <laughs> to yeah, put those guys somewhere else. Mm. I don't know. Conspiracy so theorists or a will have the magnet on the black. Hawk. Mathematically, statistically, to finish and cool. not win the lottery one time for the Coyotes is below one percent right now. That's how badly they've done in this. And do I think conspiracy? Probably not. But do I think if it's if it's Curse, Chicago it's and curse. Arizona for Bedard, there is absolutely no doubt in my mind, none right now, where that lottery ball is falling and it's going to fall. So in Chicago's hello, Adam period. Gentilly. From the Chicago Steel. Okay. Exactly. Sorry. All right. All right. All right. Well, let's. No, not sorry. Not sorry. You'd be great. You guys get Bedard and start. All the players would love it. Let's get the 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 revenue sharing going. We need that franchise to True. be in first place. <laughs> That's yep. a good. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. And then sorry. Austin Matthews will be really excited about playing with Connor Bedard on his wing. Boom. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> We're in in Chicago. Oh my God. That hurt. Austin that a billion dollars in cap space. They're going to have to spend oh $60 million to hit the floor. Yeah. So we'll have three oh. players there in Chicago. <laughs> we'll, we'll have enough here. And for for a market that loves mustaches of, of all 
qualities, <laughs> yes. good or bad. And yeah. the number this is true. This friend. is true. That's, That's a good true. point. He can, be the, he can be the second greatest 34 to ever play in Chicago. Oh wow. my God. Okay. okay. All right. Well, let's move on. First of all, thank you, Brandon, for the super chat. Great content. $2. We appreciate Brandon. it. Thank you for watching. Thank you, everyone in the chat. I see all your, we, we see all your comments. Um, all right. Let's move into the off ice situations for both <laughs> oh. teams, which might be a little worse than the on ice, if we're being honest. Uh, to summarize, for the Coyotes, they were kicked out of Glendale. They don't have a permanent arena. And in the Phoenix market, they're the fifth most popular team. And that is strictly based on numbers. And that is not speaking to the quality of the fans. That is just statistically in numbers. Yes. And for the Blackhawks, (laughs) and here's the first mention of he who should not be named, undoing Bowman's damage (laughs) will take years. Eddie Olchek and Pat Foley departing. And the future of the logo. And we'll start this time with kicked out of glendale and i'm gonna throw this one to craig yeah and i want to i want to properly vet this one i i i they weren't kicked out of glendale and i know that's the national narrative well they got kicked out because they weren't paying their bills well you're right they weren't paying their bills and they should have paid their bills and they they brought that on themselves but there were there was a lot of strife between the city of glendale and the coyotes for a very long time i know unfortunately because i've been covering the story for the past decade um the city of Glendale would have taken the Coyotes back if the Coyotes were willing to sign a long-term lease agreement at Gila River Arena. So to say that they were kicked out is not really accurate. They were just not going to sign a long-term deal. And then, of course, news broke or they got wind of the fact that the Coyotes were negotiating with Tempe. And then it was time to play the press, uh, play the political game and make it make the Coyotes look as bad as possible. I can tell you for a fact there were Glendale officials trying to influence Tempe officials and all this negotiation. So it's a it's a sordid mess. But nonetheless, the optics from a national view for people who don't don't do the homework and really don't understand the story well enough. They lost their arena. And that I don't think has ever happened in the NHL before the Coyotes left Glendale. By the way, Kicked Out of Glendale is my favorite Jimmy Eat World album. <laughs> Big fans of the program. Yeah, we, but, uh, had, Jimmy we, had, we had drummer Zach Lind on our show. Yeah. Just saw him at Riot Fest last weekend. Great band. Did you really? Oh, really? Yeah, they're yeah. excellent. Trying band. to get their goal song into our building. Yeah, it's yeah, it's good luck usually when that's a team's goal song. If you have anything to reply to our Glendale story, go ahead. But if not, we'll pass it over to you for your first uh, uh, no, There's not a lot to add. That's really pathetic. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I mean, I think we're we're reaching our conclusion pretty pretty swiftly here. Uh, but uh, it's going to take a long time for uh, the Hawks to undo the damage that uh, Stan Bowman did to the organization. It's a little bit on ice, but also off. Um, oh, he is not off, obviously. Yeah. He is very far from solely to blame for the Kyle Beach. Um, you know, I think a lot of people above him failed uh, that, you know, John McDonough, Joel Quenville, Al McIsaac, the list goes on and on and on. But Bowman had to go when that whole thing happened. But you can see from when Kyle Davidson took over this team and Kyle Davidson's a guy that worked for Stan Bowman for a decade, immediately cleaning house of Bowman guys. You look at players like Alex Nylander who don't compete hard at all ever. That was a Bowman type of player, right? Um, Adam Boquist, who I think we all very much like, um, was traded for Seth Jones, obviously. But that's another kind of a Bowman type of player. One-dimensional, not very physical, plays along the edges on the perimeter, yada, yada. Everyone that Kyle Davidson's brought in has been a north and south player, physical, plays between the dots. Uh, There's a lot to undo there. Kyle Davidson also, when he came in and was officially named GM, brought in Jeff Greenberg from the Cubs to develop an entire proprietary analytics program, literally develop software that players and coaches and and everybody has access to. That's all. In, the, the Hawks are pretty far behind in terms of analytics, even though Bowman used them a little bit. Davidson and, and Jeff Greenberg are going to come in here and kind of reinvent the whole thing and hopefully be one of the leading franchises in the league when it comes to that. But that's going to take time. You know, when Jeff Greenberg was hired, he basically said, this is going to take a couple years before this becomes even something we can lean on even partially. He is literally from ground up 
building a brand new system of analytics. So it's going to take time um, and all these things, you know, they're going to have to undo some of the bad draft picks that Bowman has made. Like we saw Nicholas Bodine in practice today. He was a first round pick a few years ago. Couldn't catch a pass at the point. There's a lot of guys that have been drafted that will never be NHL players. And uh, it, it's just, you know, you're, you're really starting a rebuild from zero, which now looking back at the Debrinka trade, you're able to, and the Kirby Doc trade, you're able to sort of get a year head start on that by adding three first round picks. Plus, um, they people really like what the Hawks drafted. Korchinski's been, uh, I think he's one of the six best Hawks defensemen right now, but he's going to go back to junior as he should. Uh, Frank Nazar is going to go on to star at Michigan next year. And Sam Renzel is more of a project, but you went from zero first round picks to three, getting a year head start on the rebuild. But it's just going to take three, four years before you can even start to see, okay, you know, this team might start sniffing or complete, competing for playoff spots. Now, if they get Bedard, probably cut a year off of that, right? Because then you can probably justify going and spending a lot of money on a top free agent, <clears throat> Austin Matthews, and uh, whoever else might be available. <laughs> um, but it, it all the this year is so crucial, which is why I've sort of said to the guys, like, I don't think the Hawks are bad enough <laughs> to be where they want to be. You bet your beard on it. I did bet my beard on it. If they, if they finish. If they don't have they, one of the three worst records. Yes, I will keep my beard. beard's gone. Yeah. So the Hawks have to have one of the three worst records. If that happens, I will shave my beard. I don't believe that's going to wow. happen. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll remember that. Can I ask a follow-up question on Voldemort? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Voldemort. I have often wondered this, and I want to get your thoughts. Do the Hawks win additional cups if Voldemort had any clue how to manage the salary cap? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Here's what I'll say. Sam Bowman did not do a terrible job at first as GM. Um, juggling the cap was difficult. Uh, you know, you had a lot of guys earning a lot of money that had to get paid, but the Bowman special was, we're going to give you all the money. We're going to give you all the years and we're going to give you a complete no movement clause <laughs> to everybody. So he really kind of signed himself into a corner here. You look at teams like Pittsburgh and Boston who have been able to maintain their competitiveness. It's yes. because their star players signed for maybe a million and a half or 2 million under market value. No Hawks players did that. Nor they shouldn't be expected to, by the way, get paid what you're worth, right? Um, but Bowman never got a hometown discount, so that really put them in a bad spot. But with that in mind, he did keep them competitive for a while. It's when he signed Brent Seabrook. That was the beginning of the year. That that is when he lost his damn fool mind. I don't know if he got like, you know, hit his head on a cabinet or something, and and the marbles got loose. But from that moment on, it was all downhill for Stan Bowman, and uh, he never really bounced back from that. And and. If there is a, there's not, I'm not going to say it. I'm just glad that he's gone. Let's just put it that way. You talk it's about it. the off ice stuff, Jay. It, it, has some of that started to heal? Has the, the reach outreach to the community, have they done a better job in community relations and, and shaking hands? And have they done I, yeah, better and started so, to get over that hump? I the effort is definitely there. I think it's started to be met with fewer uh, eye rolling and say, oh, this is just lip service. I think people are starting to kind of see a little bit more of uh, a sincerity behind it. But, I mean, it's Davidson and the the ownership group is definitely still playing cleanup duty, and they're going to for a while. Well, and the, the other thing to remember, too, is like things started to settle down last year. Then they had a town hall meeting with Danny Wirtz and Rocky Wirtz and Jamie Faulkner, and things were going great. And then they were asked very fairly, about Kyle Beach, Danny Wirtz had an act an answer prepared and has been very sincere about the whole thing ever since. Rocky literally stiff armed him and shouted down the reporter for asking the question, which kind of like restarted the whole thing, made it worse. Yeah. So yeah. now that Danny and Jamie Faulkner are handling the daily duties of running the team, it it did seem like lift service at first, but we are seeing a little more uh sincerity in their community efforts than we've ever seen before i think when it was mcdonough it was very much like let's make sure there's cameras here to watch us you know clean up this park and then nothing actually really comes of it it does seem like the stuff that danny works has implemented has been sincere and has been uh ongoing all right um okay winning, well, well winning will cure that okay. too yep yeah that's everyone forgets when Absolutely. you're winning so true um okay continuing with our the coyotes off ice 
saga, and this is a continuation of being kicked out of Glendale. Coyotes don't have a permanent arena. We've kind of touched on it already in our first segment. Um, They do not have a permanent arena. This is a temporary solution. The hope, of course, is that they end up in Tempe at a permanent arena that they will pay for. It's being talked about right now in Tempe City Council. Tempe has already voted to to hear it. So one step in, we're kind of waiting. It's all up in the air a little bit. And we'll get to that a little bit more in our future section. But as a result of this and all of the drama with Glendale over the years, not just in the last two years, but you know, if you think about 10 years ago, all the city council drama craziness, there's been so many relocation rumors for this team. We've heard Hamilton, Winnipeg, Quebec, Portland, Kansas City, Seattle, Las Vegas, Houston, Houston and Quebec being the two most recent ones <laughs> yeah. that have been like Milwaukee, every you guys Milwaukee. Yeah, every uh, every day on Twitter we see those those words. I should just mute them to be honest, but um, it's it's tough as a fan to always hear your team mentioned in a relocation rumor. An NHL team employs a lot of people, including us three, and I just think that when people are mean online, they don't think about what that actually would mean for a team to leave. So the relocation rumors, the lack of the permanent arena, it all contributes to the. Sticky off ice situation for the Coyotes. I was pushing yeah, for the myself. I absolutely have to commend uh, you guys for covering not only uh, the Coyotes but also the uh, city council meetings because I'm sure <laughs> that's not something that you ever signed up to do. Nope. Uh, I did one city council meeting uh, when I was in college, and that was one too many to sit through. <laughs> uh, so props to you guys for having to go through that for. Uh, not just once, but many, many, many times. <laughs> yeah, the open mic portion is my favorite. Oh, God. They can get up and speak their yep. mind. But that brings <laughs> up a point, though. And anytime anything happens in Arizona, anything with the Coyotes, Ottawa, Toronto, well, move the damn team. Move the team. Something bad happens in Chicago. They don't go, well, move, let's move Chicago. Let's move them to Portland. Like, n- it's not part of your universe, not part of your drama ever. No matter how bad it gets, they ain't moving the team out of Chicago. But I will say this, though. The Hawks have a history of trying to win. The Coyotes have never, honestly, like their best players are always traded. They're they're never they never have sustained success. And, yeah, you're right about some of the unfortunate draft things that have happened to the Coyotes. And that's legit. But like maybe just maybe if we're talking draft conspiracy, if the organization is better, the league's more willing to give a Connor McDavid to Phoenix. I don't think it has anything to do with the climate or the geography. I think it has to do with the organization itself. And let's be honest, the Coyotes are not a strong organization. Yes, the Hawks have a ton of blood and dirt on their hands, but overall, it makes money for the league. They try to be competitive most of the time. And look, they how many times have they been hit for like cap penalties for paying too many people? If if Phoenix would if Arizona would do that and pay their star players and sign free agents and do all those things, maybe the city would be more welcome to pay for an arena or it's, only it's, it's, all, it's all, it's all, it all goes together. The Coyotes only get penalized for cheating at the draft combine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. But well, I think it's it, all, it all, it all runs together, right? Like if, if the Coyotes were a successful business and helping the league make money instead of being a headache for the league, then things would probably be a little more smooth for them. And you'd also have more cooperation from the city council people saying, hey, the Coyotes are great. They're in the playoffs every year. They're bringing great sports to a town that typically doesn't have it. Let's help them out and let's give them what they want. Instead, they say, well, Marion Hosa and Pavel Datsuk and Chris Pronger are all Coyotes who have never worn the jersey. Like, what, yeah. what are we doing here? Well, it so all goes I, back. I get it. it all goes back to the decision to move to Glendale. Hundred percent. When they were downtown, they were successful. They drew well, but and they had they star players, they, and they made the playoffs. Yes. and they, they were finished get the first arena in their division. Scottsdale. So yep. they made the Steve Elman. It's the curse of Steve Elman. Made the decision to move west to Glendale, way away from the the population base, and the fan base, the wealth base, and the fan base. And it has been a curse ever since they've been out there. And it's been a revolving well, door of owners, too. And it's yes. the next guy to bail out. The next guy is going to bail out. The next guy is going to bail out. There's no consistency. There's no financial stability. And it all stems from moving the team to the West Valley. Sorry. Period. Yep. Okay. I want to hear your other off-ice situations to make me feel better about the <laughs> yeah. for a sec. <laughs> 
All right. Well, I'll do this one quickly. Uh, there's going to be a new new voices in the Blackhawks broadcast booth. Pat Foley's last legendary play-by-play guy. His last season was last year. He is uh, retired, quote unquote, depending on on uh, who you listen to. Uh, it was more of a you know not his decision, not exactly what he wanted to do. And last year we had to endure uh, a, a a tryout. Season-long tryout, revolving door of play-by-play color guys. It just got too, just convoluted, and just the, everybody started to sound the same. There was never any chemistry. They picked Chris Vosters to be the play-by-play by. I, I think it's an excellent choice. We've had Chris here on the show. Great guy, great broadcaster. I think he's going to grow into this job. He's got a, he's in a position I wouldn't worse wish on my worst enemy. Trying to replace a legend. Pat Foley's been the voice of the Blackhawks my entire life. Uh, and then, well, they're like, okay, Vosters, he'll do good because he's going to have Eddie Olchek there to help him. And and and, and they're going to build a, some chemistry. It's going to be really good. And then as I'm standing in line on vacation in the Atlanta Aquarium, <laughs> all of a sudden, oh, by the way, Eddie Olchek, he doesn't work here anymore. And it was just a complete uh, disaster. Apparently just, you know, the two sides couldn't come to agreement. So now you're Chicago boy, your 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 beloved color guy. He's gone. Ambassador. He's now in Seattle. Um, and now it's going to be Chris Foster's with Patrick Sharp, who's never done it in the booth on a consistent basis. And he's going to split TV with Troy Murray, uh, who does a great job on the radio broadcast. So again, it's, you know, you're, you're, you're forcing Blackhawk fans to endure all this change. And now at least you could have been like, well, the team is bad, but Pat and Eddie are great. I'll watch a game to listen to what they have to say. And they're gone now too. It's a lot to swallow for longtime Blackhawk fans, where it just seems like everything is being ripped off like a Band-Aid. Like change is good. It's welcome, but it's like almost too fast, too much. Yep. And I have a question, of, and you guys can answer this. We've, we've talked about this, Jay, you and I have talked about this. How how do you not recognize the optics of that when it was especially especially with Eddie? Look, I, I think you can make an argument that maybe it was time for Pat Foley to move on. But Eddie is the trusted voice of this franchise. He's beloved in that city. He's bigger than just the Blackhawks. He's an icon in that yeah. city. And when you're going through such a horrific period that the Blackhawks are starting, well, they've been there, been there for a couple of years already. But when you're going through this period, how do you not recognize that this is the exact kind of voice that we want to help shepherd the fans through it. And how, worse than that, how do you lowball Eddie Olchek, who has been the voice of this franchise for so long? Yeah, so from what we understand, I don't know if it was a lowballing so much as a, um, there were some guarantees that he wanted and some perks, like some other, you know, some other stuff to go along with it. You're right, though. This is what uh, came up with my proposal that the Hawks hire a vice president of what the hell are we doing here to sit in on meetings and just sort of listen in. Don't say anything until like the red flag goes up. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Are we seriously talking about letting Eddie Olchek walk away from this organization right now? Are we really like someone to just sound the alarm when something that stupid comes up just to have everybody snap out of it and realize, okay, yeah, we got to figure out a way to make this work. It's a disaster. The Eddie Olchek thing is probably more painful than like the, the Brinkett thing or whatever else, because you're right. You needed that guy to be the voice of the rebuild and assure fans, listen, I know this is painful, but here are some positives to watch during the game, right? Look at this play that Kevin Korczynski made. Look at this goal that Lucas Reichel scored. This is what this is what this is all about, right? And teach people how to watch the game. People here love Patrick Sharp. But Patrick Sharp isn't going to be the voice of reason for fans because he's just learning to do the job himself. Eddie Olchek can do it in his sleep, right? So that that to me was the biggest misstep of the offseason is letting Olchek go. It was a franchise that could not afford to make any more PR blunders, and yeah. then they just <laughs> yeah they just screwed the pooch on that one. Yeah, definitely. Okay, they're always getting screwed. Um, just to wrap up this segment, we'll go quickly, and then. You guys, before we move to our future segment, the last point for the Coyotes off the ice is they're the fifth team in popularity in the Valley. The Suns, Cardinals, D-backs, uh, ASU. ASU. 
all are ahead of the coyotes, which is unfortunate. A lot of it has to do with the fact the coyotes have only been around here for 26 years. The Blackhawks have been around for almost 100 yeah, years. Yeah, the Coyotes haven't won. So it takes a long time to build a fan base. You know, some of the teams have been around longer. A lot of, you know, hockey is new to a lot of people in Arizona. There definitely is a young, growing hockey fan base here. But the reality is they are the fifth team in popularity in the Valley. Doesn't say anything about the quality of the fans. I think Coyotes fans are some of the most passionate fans mm-hmm. in the Valley, in the NHL. Um, but that's just the reality here in Arizona. Well, I think we can kind of, uh, you know, have a familiar fe- feeling of being the fifth team in the in the market. Yeah. Um, because the, the Chicago is a Bears town, twenty four seven, three sixty five. You will always, always, always be able to talk to someone uh, about the Bears at at the bar, at the barbershop, listen on listen on the radio. Bears all the time. Uh, even even baseball in in Chicago is can can be and usually is year round with the Cubs. White Sox, um, and and from time to time, you know, you 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 might not, you know, hear about the Blackhawks at all unless they're winning, and you know, and it's barely even then, and it's barely even then, yeah. And, and yeah, so I, I think, you know, with with the Blackhawks being in the position that they're that they're going to be in, it's going to be uh, very few and far between. Where outside of CHGO Blackhawks, uh, you're going to get as much coverage talking about the Blackhawks in this market uh, as as some people are are clamoring for and as uh, our friend koopa scoop says here the bulls are huge too and they're and they're probably the most successful uh team you know at this time of year now that the chicago sky season is over uh where they're going to you know be getting getting the headlines in in the winter yep so it's so we've we're feeling that you know the downslope of the team is is felt hard where if you're winning you're the toast of the town if you're losing you're you're irrelevant right. with with chicago so uh, I, I know we're we're <laughs> it's coming from a, a team that's recently won three Stanley Cups. It's you know oh yes, Crimea River. I understand that, but it is you know it is a similar situation where without success, it's it's there's not the 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 hold of the market that you'd think. Yep. All right. Well, last point for you: the future of the logo. Yeah. Um, talk about things that can be talked about 24, seven, 365. Uh, it's the Blackhawks logo and, and, and what's, uh, what the future is of it. As far as we understand, uh, there is no, uh, plans to change it at all. Um, I think if you would have asked me a few years ago, um, I would have, you know, said, you know, no, no way you change it, you know, but as, as things have gone on, um, and, and as we're, you know, kind of learning, uh, a little bit more as a society, I think there, uh, and with the initiatives that the, that the team has made, I think there's a lot of things that they're they're doing to try and make amends and and reach out with the uh, you know different indigenous communities, which I think is great. Um, but I think at, at some point in my in my lifetime, it has it has softened on me. Like, yeah, logo's probably going to change at some point, and I think there's a you know there's obviously a a, a, a debate around the league in the market, uh, you know, from, from fans and, 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 uh, you know, people in those communities in those indigenous communities where, you know, some, some people find it offensive, some people don't. And I think you just kind of have to listen to, uh, you have to listen to the right people. Um, you know, whether, whether or not, uh, it offends me it, or, or doesn't offend me, uh, is, is, is not the case. It, it has to be, you know, you know, you have to talk to the people in which, um, you know, it is, it is, you know, depicting it's, it's the culture. It's, it's, it's everything that, that goes uh, into that. And I think there are, there are ways to, to go about it that could make it easy and simple. Um, I think up until, you know, the, the late eighties, the team was the, the black Hawks, black Hawks separate. You could, you could go back to that. You could make the logo some more, you know, fierce version of Tommy Hawk and, and go from there. And I think that that would be a way to do it. But I don't know if 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 that's uh, going to be in in the works. But it's always something that is is uh, talked about. And we're coming up on the the hundred year anniversary of the team uh, being uh, being created. And I wonder if that is a time in which something might uh, might change. Yeah, maybe when they're ready to win again, because people will be less outraged if the team is good. Very yeah. true. Like we said, winning, winning cures, cures everything. Lot, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. 
So just yeah. real quick, anytime a team changes a logo, people are mad about it for a week and then they move on. Like in Cleveland, uh, you know, there, sure, there are people that are going to hold on to it and wear the old logo to games, but do the right thing. When they find, deem it's time to make a change, make a change and people will get over it. Yep. All right. I mean, sorry, we got to go fast. Yeah, right. yeah we got we got to move. Um, it's, besides, it's, hard, it's hard having this discussion with the team that has the best logo in the league. So I know I was going to yeah. say that might be the one logo change that <laughs> caused, one thing we did. Right? Yeah, that caused no issues and people loved. Well, it caused issues back in the day, but yeah. in terms of popularity, it did very well. Um, if you're watching us on YouTube right now, you can see our our studios. It's really cool to see the the letters in the back, the brick wall. Um, it's it's just really cool to see this as part of all city. Um, the chairs you're sitting in are chairs that we had in our old studios and we have them actually off the side here in oh, our in our sitting area but these chairs that we're sitting in are in brand new chairs that were provided to us by more furniture who flexing? hooked up our yeah i am okay. who hooked up our entire office and if you saw our office tour on twitter a couple weeks ago you could saw see that. our recliners for our viewing area um we're very spoiled here we are very jealous of your office when CHGO launched, but now we feel a little bit better because more <laughs> furniture hooked us up. And if uh, anyone in Arizona wants to check out their furniture fall sale, um, you can do so at morefurniture.com. Okay, moving into our final segment, the future. This is a little bit more hopeful um, for the Coyotes. They have top prospects, Logan Cooley, Dylan Cunther, Connor Geeky. They have 22 total picks in the 2023 and 2024 drafts, and hopefully, fingers crossed, a new arena on the horizon for Chicago. An impressive 2022 draft class, two first-round picks in the next two drafts, six in the first three rounds of 2023, and optimism about Davidson and Richardson. We'll start, and I'm just going to combine them all. Yeah, we'll go quickly here. Because we got to wrap up a little bit. we got a show <laughs> coming in right after us. Um, finally, some pro uh, prospects to be excited about here for Arizona. Dylan Gunther, Logan Cooley, Connor Geeky, who I mentioned. That's just the three that top the list. Um, but there's a ton more. And then the, just the hope of the future. 22 picks in 23 and 24. Mm -hmm. I'm sure some of those will get traded away bill armstrong likes to you know spread out the draft picks over the years and, and this more is acquired yeah. yeah and this is something we didn't see especially you know and we just talked about this on a show earlier this week but when the coyotes traded for taylor hall they gave up that first round pick then they got penalized and had first round picks taken away so it kind of went from that feeling of having an empty cupboard to having the cupboard full and when you're building toward a future the draft is the you know one of the ways to do it um so lots of hope there with that, and then as for the arena, I mean, I think that would be the thing that would quiet the relocation yeah, and we'll rumors. Know by the end of the year, we'll know. Yeah, we'll know by the end of the year. It'll g give this franchise the legitimacy. I feel like that it's just for the for like the national perspective. We've always felt that it's a legitimate franchise, but the having a new arena and if you've seen the videos and the layouts for the TED, it's it's amazing. So hopefully. That happens. I don't know if you two have anything to add it to. We get a franchise summer. reset. If yeah. all this happens, new players, new draft picks, new arena. It's a franchise re restart. Twenty five years in the making. <laughs> Seriously. All right, I'll do the same for our uh, for our final picks too. Uh, so far, so good on the twenty twenty two draft class. Kevin Korczynski has looked awesome for the Blackhawks. He's going to go back to Seattle uh, and play juniors for at least another year. Uh, but he looks great. Frank Nazar is going to do big things in Michigan this year. Uh, Samuel Savoie, who was a third-round pick, has it. already turned some heads. Knew he was going to be the third one uh, during uh, <laughs> prospects camp and development camp. We look like we have Andrew Shaw 2.0 uh, coming through the pipeline here pretty soon. Uh, the two first-round picks uh, each of the next two seasons next year is being especially important with the 2023 draft being so loaded. And again, six picks in the first three rounds next year. And so far with Davidson and Richardson, aside from the Debrinka trade, it's been pretty much 100% positive. People uh, have liked the moves they've made. They've made sense. Richardson really seems to have the respect in the ear of the locker room. The team looks better on the ice in the two preseason games than they looked all year last year. And just talking to some of the veteran players, like I mentioned, Tyler Johnson, Connor Murphy, Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane have all talked about the simplicity of the system and being able to just play and react as we're used to. Um, so optimism abound uh, for the Blackhawks uh, as we look into the future. All right. Well, that was 
There, that was hopeful. It leaves me on a hopeful note until we get into our final quick debate at the end, whose situation is really worse, which I already I already know what you guys are going to say. Um, but are you guys going to get out to any Blackhawks games this year, even though it's maybe not going to be the greatest year? We're going to be at, at least uh, 41 home games. That's yep. wow. wow. Can you get tickets? We'll be there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where, where are you getting your tickets? Where are you getting you know, your tickets? If, if, you, if you're not as lucky as us to get the press credentials, you can head over to our friends at Game Time. That is based, That is the best secondary ticket site to go to. Scroll down on our YouTube feed right here and click the link right there in the description. Or if you're listening to the audio version, it's in the description as well. You're going to find some amazing deals on Blackhawk tickets. My advice to all Blackhawk fans this season, pick the games you want to go to. Wait to the day of, maybe an hour before puck drop, and you're going to get tickets, True. the best seats in the arena for prices that will blow your mind. So go check out our friends over at Game Time. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And we've said the same for the Coyotes. It's hard. You know, the prices are higher than people are used to for this arena, but you're not going to find anything cheaper than on Game Time. So like they said, check out the link. In the description, it's seriously the best way to go. Honestly, Coyotes fans might think about flying to Chicago and uh, yeah. <laughs> buying tickets on game time, and maybe it's that'll be it. Probably I've be got, I've got couch. I've got couch space for sale. Uh, Perfect. <laughs> uh, I'm in. Do it for, I'll do it. You can stay on my couch for a large pizza. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Deal. Perfect. And I know you guys have something you want to tell everyone about as well. Yeah, yeah. The the weather here in Chicago is is holding out for the next uh, couple of days at least. Uh, enough time to get out to the uh, golf course for uh, the final time. If you're like me, or if you're like the crazies that like to golf into October and November when it's 30 degrees, uh, you can do that as well. But you're going to be looking great with some apparel from Pins and Aces. They are the official golf apparel partner of CHGO and also the presenting sponsor for the Big Drive Energy Podcast on the All City Network. Uh, you got to check them out at pinsandaces.com. They're a family-owned golf apparel business making different polos, hats, golf bags, even one with a beer sleeve that can fit up to seven of your favorite beers out there on the course. Keeps them cold the entire round, uh, which is perfect when you're at hole 15 shooting 100 and the drink cart hasn't been around in a long time. Uh, so check out pinsandaces.com. Use the code CHGO and you will receive 15% off of your first order and get free shipping. Again, that's pinsandaces.com, promo code CHGO. And for all the uh, Chicago residents that head to Arizona for the winter, you can definitely golf year-round there. Looking good in your pins and aces gear. Yep. And definitely. one thing before we wrap up for our Chicago audience, if you're heading up to Milwaukee for the home-and-home uh, home series, or the home-away-from-home home away game from home, on yes. Sunday, <laughs> The three of us will be out in the Deer District before the game. Nice. Come say hello, and uh, we'll see you there. I have one quick question. Somebody in the comments said that there's going to be a big night for Marion Hosa night. Is that here in Tempe, <laughs> or is that in Chicago? Coyotes it's unfortunately legend. not against the Coyotes. I thought it was going to be. I was bummed when uh, they they picked that game. It's uh, is it November against, November twenty first against Pittsburgh? the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yes, oh. the, team. the former teams. The team was, he played for former team. Yeah, I was bummed when it wasn't against the Coyotes. So I was former t- Coyote teammates couldn't show up. And <laughs> so many memories together. So many memories here. In yeah, we could have had Pavel Datsuk right. and Chris Pronger and Dave. Bowler yeah, you can come. There, down for the legends game at some point yeah, yeah. 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 you guys get an outdoor game he can shoot and he could skate and the, you guys are gonna have the greatest like alumni team in brodeur for an alumni yeah. game there's no exactly. reason you guys can't have all those just guys. have gretzky exactly. come back and coach it <laughs> exactly yeah. oh yeah, my gosh go so well, but... okay well th- this is it then the final conclusion we we went over the on ice off ice the future Whose situation sucks more? I'll let first. you guys go first. You Yours. guys suck horribly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would not trade not, situations. To be clear, not the three of you. The three of you are wonderful. <laughs> we love you. We guys. love you guys. But oh, the Coyotes uh, are going to be real, real bad. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's hard to compete with somebody that has banners and cups in their building and an and arena and, and an arena, arena to play in. Minor um, yeah, I, I'm yeah. sadly, it's not even close. Yeah, it really isn't. 
Well, sorry, Arizona fans. Maybe we love it'll our fans in a few years, though. And to Leo's hey. point, we have great fans here, and we want to speak to our fans. We love the hockey fans here. They're great. They're passionate, and there just aren't enough of them yet. We're not disparaging the fans or what the hockey market is trying to do here in Arizona at all. We're just saying when you go up against the Chicago Blackhawks, one of the original six franchises that have won Stanley Cups and have Hall of Famers and have all of these great things, when you put the two franchises together, they unfortunately cannot compete. So I just want to put that out to our fans. Please don't go away because I don't want to have to go back to a real job. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I think we can, we can all we can all lament in that that yes, statement right yes. there. Yes. Oh man. Well, this has been so much fun. Um, we'll hopefully have to do it again soon. Hopefully, you guys get January out here. 6th. Is it here or there? In yeah, Chicago. We'll see, we'll see you guys in March with our depleted roster. Yes, there's there's actually a back a road trip to Hawks where they play uh, Arizona and Colorado back to back. So we might have to do the oh, oh, we'll do the Denver, DNVR road yeah, trip. We'll, sure. get the, we'll get the RV gassed up. We'll get out there. I yeah. love it. And we'll do it in studio. Couch, by we'll, the way, we'll bring the beer. Yeah, we got. We'll provide the the four yeah, peaks beer. We got to stock that. Sounds good. All right. Okay, well, guys. we're looking forward to chatting with you more. Everybody, please, 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 you can follow all of us on social media, phnx underscore coyotes on Twitter, chgo underscore blackhawks on Twitter. Is there anything else you want to plug quickly before we head out? No, that's it. Post no? game show tomorrow. Yep. Post game, Post -game show. show. All Hawks right. We're going to go two and one on the preseason. Let's go. Ooh, coyotes have <laughs> zero go. wins in the preseason. Yeah, we're, we're trying to go for that goose egg. Yeah, man. Um, and, and yeah, follow and subscribe to CHGO Sports on social media. Tons of great Chicago coverage if you're a Chicago sports fan for, in any way. And same here for uh, Arizona. We cover all the Arizona sports team, PHNX Sports, wherever you get any sort of social media. This has been so much fun. Thank you, everybody in the comments for watching, everybody listening later on. Thank you, CHGO Blackhawks. Thank you, CHGO Coyotes. Everyone, enjoy your weekend and have a great rest of your Friday.